1: irreverent over the top and smart as a whip this is the rob black show
2: this has been an interesting year that at the start of the year i would not have predicted this just like at the start of 2021 i would not have predicted that just like at the start of 2020 i would not have predicted what was to come with omicron uh with uh, COVID. the best thing i could tell you is you kind of learn to go with it in my job Maybe I'm the police officer starting off my day. And you're like, I don't know how day is going to end. And by the end of the hour episode on CSI, Crime Watch, Rob Black, Marin, whatever the show it is, by the end of the day, I'm like, well, that was an interesting one. You got to learn to go with it. It's never going to be easy or smooth. There's going to be a lot of drama that gets you there. In my opinion, Starbucks is phasing out paper cups. I go, okay. That would have been a great story if nothing was going on. But we have the oil scenario with Ukraine and Russia, peace talks. Can the world trust Putin or not? Oil prices, gas prices, gas prices eating into retail spending, retail spending showing inflation. Federal Reserve meeting today to fight inflation. We got jobs. Federal Reserve kind of has two jobs, two business, uh, two thesis is two, two things that they need to focus on, trying to keep as many Americans employed and trying to keep inflation under control. And they don't want negative inflation. They want moderate inflation, 2 to 4%. But when you're at 7 to 9%, you're like, whoa, we got to tap tape this thing down because it's blowing away. Taking a look at What the Federal Reserve says today is probably going to be more important than what they do because what they say is going to affect the rest of the year on expectations for creating an environment or a vibe for stocks to operate in, for our economy to perform. The S&P 500 is rallying for a second day, hitting highs in the session right now. There's a report that Ukraine and Russia are making strides on a peace agreement. I don't know here's what i'm just gonna say i'm not watching enough news and i don't know if we're getting the right stories from the news it just from what i'm vibing on putin's gonna do what putin's gonna do till putin's not gonna do what putin's gonna do but i can tell you the economic damage is is significant in russia and that's unfortunate because that hits real people putin will have caviar till the day he dies he's fine but the real people of Russia are hit. The innocent people of Ukraine are impacted. And the rest of the world is being held economic hostage right now. And there's there's certain players in the world drama like China who are positioning to come out of it better than they went into it. Totally understand. Mortgage demand is falling as interest rates surge to multi-year highs. This time last year, I was able to get a 30-year mortgage. For 2.5%, now it's at 4.2%, not doubling, but pretty darn close. I wouldn't be able to afford the monthly payment today that I afforded a year ago. I would have been out of the running for this home. That's what's happening in the real estate market is that people who use mortgages to secure their homes and to live month to month, They're finding it's going to be a lot more expensive. So you go, well, maybe I should sell some of my stock winners. And well, if you sold them in December, you got a a much higher premium than the discount you're getting today, three months into the year. I'm not upset. Retail sales grew, albeit at a slower pace than January. January was revised higher. January was a strong month in retail sales compared to December because we did most of our shopping in September and October and November. We did very little shopping for Xmas in December. Isn't it crazy? Christmas was just three months ago, two and a half months ago. And now we're like nine months till Christmas. How many days? 274 days till Christmas. Seasonally adjusted sales uh, at retail was $658 million. No, $658 billion. Up 17% year over year. Typically we'd be going like, woohoo! But you know, and I know, we didn't get 17% more goods in our home, we paid a lot more for our food, a lot more for our travel, a lot more for our gas. The good news is I see a little bit of a silver lining for the economy in that sales for food and drinking places rose 2.5% from January. Some credit cards that I like right now, I just did a review of current offerings on credit cards. Um, I don't do this often because I do want you to find what works for you, but there's all sorts of cards out there, like Bank of America's customized cash rewards credit card, which is 3% back in category of your choices, like gas or online shopping, dining, travel, drugstores, or home improvement. To me, that's a 3% off. I like that. You know, we're paying 17, uh, we're paying 7% more because of inflation. Anytime I'm paying 3% less because I'm getting a discount, I'm in. Now, what sucks about that is, you know, and I know that the people who are paying cash, they're not getting that discount or they're getting a smaller discount than I'm getting by using a smart credit card. And by smart, I'm maybe I should say like a savvy. Like I don't have a Bank of America customized cash rewards card because I don't want to do the monthly choices of gas or online shopping or travel or drugstores or home improvement. 2% regularly cash back at grocery stores, wholesale clubs, I'd rather have a City Double Cash card, which is the best online shopping credit card for earning as you pay, in my opinion, because I do a lot of purchases online. The Blue Cash Preferred card from American Express is the best grocery card for overall rewards. If your grocery bills are jumping higher, consider it. If you're a foodie, the Capital One Saver One Cash Rewards credit card is fantastic. Um... If you like to travel, I still like the Chase Sapphire Reserve, best purchase protection credit card for globe trotting. So there's different ways of looking at this. In the end, you're going to want to go to our website, like a bankrate.com. That's bankrate.com and try to figure out what works for you. I don't mind using rewards. I have not carried a balance on a credit card in 20 plus years. And I've accrued credit card rewards for 20-plus years. So what I just said in that segment is that I use a Chase Sapphire uh, travel card, and I use the City Double Cash. I don't like doing it too anally. Like, in, like, I don't want it to be feel invasive. Like, oh, when are you going to finish up there? Like, I don't want to do the cash rewards that you have to change every month because I'll forget. I know myself. Do you know yourself? Anyway, um, bankrate.com is wonderful. Bankrate.com is, I feel, very non-biased. The points guy, I feel he's a little bit more biased. But I think that's a wonderful website if you want to learn about the different point structures of credit cards. Right now, when the stock market's not working, you should figure out how you can earn more money and how you should save more money. Credit cards are a way of saving money. I know you're saying, but you're spending money, but you're getting a discount when you spend. So you don't want to necessarily get a credit card just to use. You want to get it to, to reflect what you spend on. And I like it because uh, anytime I'm like, uh, I need to like check. What did I buy? What did I not buy? It's all right there. It's all itemized. I can see my spending habits.
1: Find us at robblackshow.com. Robblackshow.com.
2: Mark Zuckerberg is in the news again today. If you want to see creepy Mark. And I just say creepy because his vibe just feels stunted. Um, I, I don't want to get too much into it, but it's in my head right now that I want to talk more about it, but I won't. It's just his vibe is weird. He expanded his vision for the metaverse. He's talking about bringing NFTs to Instagram. Speaking at South by Southwest Festival in Texas, the Facebook founder and CEO said a more functional metaverse is still a few years off. (laughs) he just feels stunted like he was going to learn how to smile and he was really close and he didn't quite figure it out um i don't have that i'm not like he's evil Uh, i don't think he's evil i just don't think he's a great ceo yeah he probably wasn't the most fun kid to hang out with is my guess in like fourth and fifth grade Retail sales rose three-tenths of a percent in February, below the expectations. Inflation seemed to impact consumer spending is what the uh, implication is there. Excluding autos, sales were up two-tenths of a percent, well below the expected nine-tenths of percent. Online spending pulled back sharply while sales totals for gasoline soared as prices jumped higher. Anytime I have an expensive month, I tend to go through a period of month or two where I'm like, let's cut the expenses a bit. I got a new home last year and um, considerably bigger. And the first home was used in large part uh, to house babies and have them grow up into 10, 10 year old kids. And the second house is a little bit more of a playground for them, including a pool. And the amount of furniture that goes into a second home versus a first home or phase one for your children versus phase two is very, very different. So I just spent a big chunk of change on um, a table. I you are saying a table. Yeah, we've been eating at the kitchen table for the whole nine months that we've been here. And the amount of money I spent on table, I was like, that, I've never spent that much in my life, except for on a car. I've never spent that much in my life. I know you're saying, is it Italian? It's Italian. But the point being is, I told the sugar booger, the spouse, the loved one, okay, let's lay off for a month. And it's kind of frustrating because you want to get the home furnished as soon as you can so you can enjoy it before you die. But you get the idea. Mortgage demand is falling. Here, speaking of homes, retail sales showed some hesitancy. Now, mortgage demand is falling as interest rates surge to multi-year highs. The average contract on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. A fixed rate conforming mortgage is about $647,200 or less. It increased to 4.2% from 4.0%, 4.0, 4.0, I'm sorry. That's with a 20% down payment. Now, I know you're saying in the Bay Area, you can't buy a house for 647000 Oddly enough, jumbo rates are lower than conforming rates. Informing rates, I, I, I'll just round it say it's under $650,000 with 20% down. In theory, that's most of America. But in reality, average home is getting more and more expensive. Applications to refinance a home loan, which are most sensitive to weekly rate moves, fell 3%. So in theory, you're having fewer people ask for a loan. So in theory, you should have fewer bidders on homes. And prices should stop going up double digits. The problem is, last year, a lot of those people who were bidding on homes weren't using loans. They were selling stocks. Will they sell stocks this year now that they're 20% off from their highs? The thought is less likely. So home prices should, a year from now, we should start going, well, this is a more normal rate of increase. Can I promise it? I really can't. You see where the damnation game plays out, right? I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. The stock market is poised for a prolonged sell off later this year after a brief rally driven by seasonal trends. So says Stifle. Big research firm sees the SP 500 jumping to at least 4,400, but investors should sell rather than buy, as Stifle sees the SP 500 falling to 4,000 by October. I throw that out there as a way of you start thinking what people who may not agree with the bullish trend, people who may not um, think, hey, everything always goes higher, a risk that sanctions on Russia continues after a possible peace deal, furthering Russian embargoes targeting Western GDP, is the underlying theme of their note, i.e. when Russia and Ukraine play out, that there'll be a hangover, and I think that's expected. I hope so. If we go, oh, it's okay to kill thousands and thousands of people. And, oh, we're going to take your sanctions off. Uh, now that you're at peace, you're a good guy. We trust you again. Uh, I can tell you anytime I've done something wrong to my wife, it has been in the doghouse for a lot longer than oh, it, the moment it ended. Who let the dogs out? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, Some other stories of note today. Water is a critical functioning component of any society enabling complex sewage systems to work clothes dishes and bodies to be clean people plants and pets to stay hydrated you could invest in water the united states uses an average of about 322 billion gallons of water per day 322 billion gallons okay little tip for those of you who brush your teeth wet your toothbrush turn off the tap don't keep it running god when we were kids we wasted so much water but god when we were kids wasn't great we drank uh, water out of hoses I know what you're saying that explains, that explains his imbalances. Uh, there's a company that was interesting that I started doing some research on, a company called Keto's. It's a water quality monitoring company. Basic terms, it uses a combination of hardware and software to make sure that water reaches home and the business is clean and free of chemicals. Um, and it's a big business. They, they refer to it as a Keto's shield to keep harmful chemicals out of water. Big cities like, or big states like Nevada, like Southern Nevada kind of thing, have big contracts with the company. So you could invest in a company, an ETF called FO, PHO. I bring this up not to give you an investment idea right now, but to say the world is bigger than NVIDIA and it's bigger than Bitcoin. You see where I'm trying to go? You could invest in water. Um, there's a water index CGW. There's an in global investor water index PIO. Um, to treat water, it's kind of uh, here's the interesting thing about water. It's kind of like oil. You got to get it. You got to clean it. You got to distribute it with a pipeline. It's a pretty big business, and it. it we're going to use it or we're going to die. We're going to pay for it or we're going to die. Companies like Waters Corporation, Donaher, American Waterworks, Roper Technologies, Ecolab. Pentair is a favorite of a lot of financial investors, TetraTech, Tech, TTEK. I'm not telling you to do it. I'm telling you that water is kind of investable. Oil is kind of investable diversification is kind of a good thing if you don't like big, chunky moves in your portfolio down. They happen. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com.
1: A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show.
2: I'm Rob Black. Thank you for listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. This is just one tool that I use to help you create wealth. My website, robblackshow.com is loaded with useful resources like planning for retirement and how to choose a financial advisor, financial strategy videos with certified financial advisors and much, much more. You can contact me and I'll put you in touch with a certified financial planner. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Every Wednesday from briefing.com, very popular segment. Um, It is a wonderful site with international and domestic news that you can use. It sticks in the world of business and finance and investing. On occasion, you can get some articles that are, um, how shall we say, a little more international news and scope. But not a lot of commentary on Putin being a bad guy. The Senate just passed a piece of legislation calling Putin a war criminal. And it was unanimous. A lot of drama going on. Let's see with Patrick O'Hare of the dramas going on in the world of investing. How are you, Mr. O'Hare?
3: Hello, Rob. Doing well, thank you
2: so last week at this time we talked about oil at 125 dollars a barrel and this week at this time we're talking about oil at a hundred dollars a barrel what's happening in the world that you're
3: seeing patrick what do we need to know uh there's a lot going on a lot going uh, and, on and i think because yeah, because there's a lot going on a lot of it involves loose ends and a great deal of uncertainty is why you see this tremendous amount of volatility not just you know, not just in the oil market, you see it in the stock market, you see it in the treasury market, you're seeing it in the currency market. So uh, that's just a byproduct of pervasive uncertainty. But, you know, with respect to oil, uh, it seems like what has transpired is that you got into a position where, um, you know, when things go parabolic, you know, they they just they can't continue on that trajectory. Uh, So you get You know, initial um, pullback basically just built on a presumption that some profit taking is going to kick in from a short term overbought condition. And that happened. But then on top of it, uh, we started to have to be more attentive to COVID again and specifically Mm -hmm. the rising COVID cases in China. And uh, and what, you know, China's zero talent approach is, you know, has led to a lockdown of of more cities there, uh, namely Shenzhen, which is home to about. Close to 18 million people and uh, you know that basically um, conveyed a sense of concern about uh, global economic growth prospects and weaker demand for oil out of China as a result of the slowing uh, activity that might be seen there and so that kind of compounded these you know the, the profit-taking activity and so we've had a a pretty sharp pullback here, which uh, of course is, you know, a welcome sight for, for any consumer, you know, stopping at the gas pump these days. Uh, But yes, it's been a a pretty big drawdown off that high.
2: It's interesting because I do radio and television, as you know, and sometimes I try to oversimplify something, but it's almost the rock scissors paper of Ukraine war, Jack's oil prices up, but COVID and economic shutdown pulls oil prices back down, which would you rather have artificially high prices or kind of a recession looming due to another shutdown and manufacturing shutting down and the consumer not traveling? Like what's the right answer here? Is there a compromise that we feel comfortable with?
3: Yeah, it's a very good question. Rob. It's, it's difficult to answer. I suppose okay. though, um, you know, a recession is is bad for a lot more people, I'd say. Uh, you get okay. into a recession, you get, you know, increased job losses, uh, leads to lower consumer spending activity, leads to lower business investment, and you get into that cycle. Uh, so it, it, I think it has wider reach. So while, you know, artificially high prices does still hurt, you know, most people as well um you know we can see in the context of what's going on right now anyway you still have a really tight labor market people are employed people are making money uh, the problem is that their you know uh, adjust inflation adjusted income is 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 negative so we need to get on top of that inflation situation in a hurry to help uh, uh basically get real incomes higher uh which will be a nice uh, push for discretionary spending activity but uh, kind of to your question though too it's it, I was sitting here and just kind of you know marveling at the idea that you know the market has cheered this you know this drop in oil prices but the catalyst or the the basis for that drop is really the idea that global growth is going to be slower than you know people think and if that is in fact the case, well, then earnings growth is going to be, you know, weaker than people think. And if earnings growth is weaker than people think, then stock prices should be, you know, finding it more difficult to, uh, to trend higher in the face of what will likely be uh, falling earnings estimates. So it's kind of one of those things, you got to be careful what you wish for. But because things got so hot on the inflation front and because it became so readily apparent that there is going to be pressure, certainly uh, at the gas pump and, and in the food aisles, uh it, it's nice anyway over the short term here to see a little relief on that pricing front and i think that's why you know the market has been able to kind of uh divorce itself from some of the extreme negativity that had been uh built into the market here and is looking kind of to uh, uh to blow off some of that concern and uh, and get prices moving higher so today is a big Fed
2: Reserve day. Obviously, you and I should talk about this, but the retail sales also came out and the retail sales showed a lot of increases in, in dollar amounts, but maybe not in final goods that you and I got. We were just paying more for what the less we got and that's inflation. It, it, what do you think the Fed Reserve, what do you think they do today? 2550, do you think the dot plot's more important than the actual rate move?
3: It's a big day. It is a big day. I think it's, uh, we're looking for 25 basis points. I, okay. I don't think that the uh, Fed share pal is, he's just not that type of leader who wants to really shock or surprise the market. So I think for the initial move anyway, he'll, he'll give the market exactly what the market's thinking it's going to get. And that's 25 basis points today. Um, I think though, one of the, the big market movers though, you know, could be, um, you know, what, what the Fed's, uh projections likely to be for its longer run neutral rate. Um, you know, we're at, I think, the median projection at, as of the summer meeting was 2.5%. <clears throat> to see that move higher, uh, it would imply to the market anyway that uh, this tightening cycle might have more room to run than people are thinking. Uh, that might be the case anyway. But if you have an actual specific data point that suggests as much, uh, you know, maybe the market has to, you know, uh, come back and, and realize that. Uh, it's going to continue to battle or this headwind of rising interest rates throughout uh, 2022 and most likely into 2023. So that could be a little problematic, but um, but it's, it's it's tough to say. Obviously, one day to the next. I think you know some of what we're seeing right now in the equity market is built on this speculation or assumption that you know the initial rate hikes have been priced in already, and so you could get this sort of uh, sell the rumor, buy the fact type of reaction. And you know once we've gotten past the actual news of the rate hike you know, the market might be, you know, willing to engage in a, you know, rally effort that's helped along by positive sounding headlines uh, regarding the Russia-Ukraine situation.
2: The Wall Street is getting inundated now with worst case scenarios for the rest of the year and best case scenarios, I think. Maybe that's every day. And I'm just kind of seeing it now for the rest of 2022. Are you more of a Warren Buffett guy where the best case of action is no action? Or are you seeing a worst case or a best case and you might want to adjust your portfolio for it? What's your tinkering thoughts on all the, um, the kind of pretty aggressively different forecasts that we're seeing come out of like CNBC and Bloomberg right now?
3: Mm-hmm. Well, a lot uh the answer to that has a lot to do with one's investment time horizon. Um, right. You know, we do think, however, you know, as you, you know, let's look at 2022, really, um, you know, when the Fed is in a tightening cycle, um, you know, the market can can do okay, but it's just uh, you're not likely to see the same outsized returns, you know, that we saw leading up to this point, you know, obviously when the interest rates were at the zero bound and the Fed was saying it wasn't going to raise rates anytime soon. I think the best-case scenario for 2022 in terms of the market return is something that's more in line with what earnings growth Will be for the year um, coming into the year. That was about nine percent, but okay. our assumption, our expectation is that estimate's going to come down here um, because of a lot of these inflation pressures we're seeing and likely lower levels of, of spending activity. But um, so that's a best case scenario. So I think it does, you know, lead someone to be a little more prudent with allocations to, you know, how they're choosing stocks um, and uh, not being, you know, kind of like embracing that. Buy growth at any price. Uh, Now it has to be growth at a reasonable price. uh, As far as uh, one's uh, outlook here as it relates to 2022,
2: we've got about two minutes or less. Any final thoughts that you want to get out that are important for us to hear?
3: Well, you know, we we talked a lot about uh, the you know growth, frankly, and and what the outlook is for that. You know, we saw. you know, we've seen Goldman Sachs and the like—they cut some of their, you know, GDP forecast for for the U.S. Uh, I saw UBS this morning cut its uh, GDP forecast for China. Um, you're going to get a, it's a much lower, slower growth um, environment than what we saw last year. Certainly, um, that's a given, but probably something that's going to be more in line with what you know, trend growth has been. Maybe even a little bit weaker than that. Um, so what I'm driving at is that these growth stocks that have been annihilated here in the, in the sellout, I think growth is going to come back into favor here uh, soon enough as investors really look for uh, stronger earning growth stories in what could be a challenging growth environment, economically speaking.
2: Thanks very much. It's Patrick O'Hare with briefing.com, a reliable source of information for both domestic and international news. It's something I've used for over 20 years. I'm almost, it's an embarrassment of riches to say that out loud. You start your day with briefing.com. Maybe you go to a little Wall Street Journal, a little New York Times. Then later in your day, after you've kind of got a good grasp on what's breaking, you pull in the professional research that's a little bit more geared towards like standard and pours or stifle, um, that are a little bit more bullet shots. I really, really like briefing to the point like this is weird. You probably watch stuff on NCAA men's basketball tournament and you go, ah, I really, really like this. But financial news for me is my sports trivia or my sports information. It feeds me. And yeah, you can find them at briefing.com. It's briefing.com. You can find me at Rob Black Show. I think Patrick Clare does a great job. Find me at Rob Black Show. Com.
1: An education-first approach to managing your money. This is The Rob Black Show. Here's something
2: I might pay money for, but uh, not this kind of money. Ancient gold coin marking Julius Caesar's assassination is expected to sell for $2 million at a Zurich auction. Now, this is a gold coin that marked the assassination of Julius Caesar. Uh, it goes back to 44 B.C., that's something I I don't know what I would do with it. It would sit in my closet, maybe on my kitchen. Someone would say, what's that? I was like, oh, yeah, that was a gold coin that marked the assassination. Like, I find that kind of collectible cool. In reality, I would never buy it, but I find it kind of cool. Um, I'm not into collectibles. I would say I'm probably the least materialistic person that you would expect. Although... When I say that, sometimes I get myself into trouble. Here's um, some more news. March's first IPO pops 163 percent in debut. A Conda, it's a medical cannabis company. It soared after pricing its initial public offering at four dollars. It raised 16 million via the deal. Now, again, as far as I go, medical marijuana, do I get it? Yep. Am I against it? Nope. Um, Do I see a market for it? Absolutely, especially in sleeping aids. I don't know about, you know, fears hemorrhoids, but if it does, then great. But to me, this deal's too small. 16 million is just too small. It's something that I have to pass on. You know, you ever watch Shark Tank and they're like, yeah, um, I, I don't really have anything to do with the apparel industry. I'm going to pass. You have to have that kind of standard. Now, 10, 15 years ago, when I was in my 30s, I'd be like, yeah, you know, in your 30s, you get to the point where you can no longer date a 21-year-old. Like until you're 29, you can date a 21 year old, but once you're 30, it's like you got to you got to go to 25, and it's incredibly sexist and it's incredibly wrong and it's incredibly an old way of doing things. So now I have to go. Yeah, it looks like a Shark Tank deal, but it goes against my nature because I grew up at a time of political incorrectness. Um, something about Mary, hilarious movie today. Something about Mary can't be made. Um, I'm with Joe Rogan on that one. So um uh, i know that's the first time i've ever said that out loud oh but uh medical marijuana company i get it and i just have to say it's it's too young for me it's too small for me nike reports earnings next week this is interesting because a lot of athletic companies are getting hit right now now who are the athletic companies in my mind nike adidas and peloton they've tumbled long term i think america likes to sweat i think we like to get out in athleisure i think this is an area that we should be looking at for some bargains. Um, I like Nike and Adidas. Um, correct way to say Adidas is Adida. Adida. Uh, they fall in 20% year to date. When a great company that you Okay, no, no. When I perceive a company to be great, like Nike, it's a hall of famer. It's the greatest of all time. It, you still invest in it. And you go, 20% seems like a sale to me. I'm not saying 20% off the price of Tom Brady is a good deal anymore. And it could get worse. But I'm telling you, that's the sector that I like. And the pullback is like, okay, let's see if I got some investment dollars. And next thing I'll do is go look at my portfolio and see what I need. And if I happen to need more Nike, I'll get some more Nike. Airbnb said today that they're spending operations in Russia and Belarus. Um, I have no comment on that. I think it's Interesting to see how Putin's war is going to change the world. Um, Retail sales came out for February, and they were pretty good. Um, Slower than expected pace in February, but January was positive, February built on positive. One of the problems is... That there's inflation built into the prices. So when we see up 17.6% year over year, we're not really spending 17.6% on more goods. We're spending 17.6% on fewer goods that are higher inflated prices. Um, some of it was good news, some of it was mixed. For instance, sales in food services and drinking places rose 2.5% from January, indicating that consumers are more comfortable with going to restaurants and dining out. Chipotle is testing a robot named Chippy to make its tortilla chips. I bring this up in large part because it's got a cute name like Chippy. Absolutely. But also because as McDonald's puts in kiosks to take away that 16-year-old with pimples taking your order. My you fries of that. And now it's a, a, a kiosk, a computer, and they are beautiful kiosks. And there's an, uh, a McDonald's in Australia that is, t- it's a piece of art. But I'm digressing. The robot has been trained to follow the same technique for creating chips for Chipotle as human hands. It includes combing the, combining the corn masa flour, water, and sunflower oil, cooking the chips, seasoning them with salt, adding a hint of lime juice. Um, and again, is Chippy going to be a crew member that breaks down a lot, like the ice cream machines at McDonald's, or is Chippy going to help make more profits? Rich Tech Robotics developed a robot called Matratti. Which can help staff serve food and clear tables. There's a New Jersey based Robo Burger, which has developed a robot uh, the size of a vending machine capable of making a burger from scratch by pressing a button. There's a company, uh, I'm a robotic chip maker in California that has created miso. It's a company called Miso Robotics, and they help the burger chain White Castle uh, cooking fries. Uh, grab fries, put them in a basket, drop basket in. Jacuzzi of grease, sit for two minutes, shake, pull them up. But a minute later, fries are done. And again, did a human have to touch it? Nope. I bring that up because, again, um, one of the best things you can do for your children is get them a good education so that their best option is not fast food, that their best option is making the robots that were installed in fast food. But again, I'm not teaching you how to parent, not my job. Don't want to go there. You'll hate on me i'm not feeling it um taking a look at the market today stocks are extending a rebound rally continued hope out there for a ceasefire agreement despite continued russian strikes retail sales for february missed expectations but january saw a nice upwards revision today is fed decision day tomorrow is going to be a whole new market environment based on the dot plot that the Federal reserve drops on us later to this morning You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show.
1: Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip, this is The Rob Black Show.